Welcome back to the Spoonful of Sugar Medical Education Podcast. This is a podcast made for medical students by medical students, and we truly love to have more and more medical students join our team. If you are interested in being on our student board and helping to produce the next season of Spoonful of Sugar, please visit our website at spoonfulofsugar.org apply uh, to send in your application. If you're just interested in hosting an episode and teaching a topic of interest uh, to your peers, um, you can also contact us through the website to get involved. Now, let me introduce you to Kate Spencer, um, our third-year medical student from Drexel University, who will be hosting an episode on gout and arthritis. Hope you enjoy. Hey, future doctors. Thanks for tuning in to Spoonful of Sugar, a podcast made for medical students by medical students to help the medicine go down. My name is Kate Spencer. I'm a third-year medical student at Drexel University College of Medicine, and I will be your host today. So today we're going to review arthritis and gout, and I'm going to go over the diseases one by one, give you some tips on how to remember them, some other little pearls, um, and then ask you some questions. I kind of always found that whenever I was on the go, when I was in the car, when I was walking my dog, I was always really helpful to listen to these podcasts. And it was kind of like I had my own personal person just following me around, quizzing me. And it was very nice. So I hope that helps y'all too. So we're going to start off with gout. Um, can somebody just tell me the specific kind of um, crystal that we're going to see in joints affected with gout? So it's monosodium urate crystals and gout is essentially an acute inflammatory arthritis caused by the precipitation of these crystals. Which sex is more commonly affected by gout? So if you said males, you are correct. Some other risk factors for developing gout are alcohol use, dyslipidemia, diabetes, obesity, and hypertension. Often, Alcohol and the consumption of red meat are going to precipitate the arthritis. So the strongest risk factor for gout is any type of hyperuricemia. And then speaking of hyperuricemia, where does uric acid come from? So uric acid is derived from purine metabolism. And which organ excretes uric acid? So if you said the kidneys, you are correct. So hyperuricemia can be caused by both underexcretion and overproduction. Um, overproduction can be caused by increased cell turnover. Think leukemia and other myeloproliferative disorders, other diseases such as Lesch-Nyhan syndrome and von Gerke syndrome. We can also have underexcretion, which will be caused by renal failure. And then the cause, the most common cause of gout um, is going to be primary gout. And essentially the etiology of the hyperuricemia is unknown. Um, so that's what in patients with gout, the majority of them have this primary gout, which we're not sure why they have hyperuricemia. What is the shape of the crystals in gout? I know this seems like the most trivial, nuanced little question, but I do promise it'll come up. So these crystals are needle-shaped, and under 
polarized light, are they going to be positively or negatively birefringent? So they're going to be negatively birefringent. Like I said, I know it's crazy, but it probably will come up. And I remember that these crystals in gout are negatively birefringent because in pseudo gout, which is what I'm going to discuss next, they're positively birefringent. Um, so it's like the P and positive and the P and pseudo so that I just remember that gout is the other one. So which joint does gout classically present in? So it's typically going to be the MTP of the big joint and painful arthritis of this big toe has a specific name. Do y'all know what that is? It is called podagra. How does a joint in gout typically present? So it's going to be red, hot, and swollen. And does gout present symmetrically or asymmetrically? So gout is going to present asymmetrically. Chronic gout um, can lead to the development of TOFI and also renal failure. So obviously it's important to treat gout. Um, what are TOFI? So TOFI are white chalky aggregates of uric acid crystals. They're often on the outer ear. Um, we can see them on the Achilles tendon and the olecranon bursa. Renal failure is caused because urate crystals may deposit in the kidney tubules and then damage them. So for gout treatment, we break it up into acute and chronic gout. So for acute gout, how are we going to treat it? If somebody comes in with like a, you know, immediacy of the pain in their great toe, let's say. So we're going to use NSAIDs, glucocorticoids, and colchicine. Any of those can be used. Um, for chronic gout, how are we going to treat that to hopefully prevent a flare-up? So we're going to use xanthine oxidase inhibitors. Um, these include febuxostat and allopurinol. So the next up is pseudogout. Pseudogout is going to resemble gout clinically, but it's caused by something different. So do y'all know what it's caused by? It is caused by calcium pyrophosphate crystal deposition. Um, these crystals are what shape? So they are rhomboid shaped. And are they positively or negatively birefringent under polarized light? Remember, these are positively birefringent. And is it more common in males or females? So it's actually equally common, unlike gout, which is more common in males. So pseudo gout is often idiopathic, but there's a specific disease that it's associated with. Do y'all know what that is? So it can be associated with hemochromatosis, actually. Um, it can also be seen in hyperparathyroidism and after joint trauma. Remember that PTH elevates blood calcium. So this makes sense of why hyperparathyroidism is associated with pseudogout. Which joint is most commonly affected in pseudogout? So this is going to be our knee. Um, we're also going to see chondrocalcinosis, which is just cartilage calcification on x-ray and somebody with pseudogout. So the next type of arthritis is infectious arthritis. Some people call it septic arthritis. Can you guys tell me what the most common causes of septic arthritis are, the most common bugs? So staph aureus, 
streptococcus and Neisseria gonorrhea are all associated with septic arthritis. And so in a young adult with septic arthritis, which is the most common bug that we're going to see? So this would be Neisseria gonorrhea. And then what about in older adults and older children? What are we going to see which bug is most commonly going to cause their septic arthritis? So that is Staph aureus. On physical exam, a joint with infectious or septic arthritis is going to present how? So the joint's going to be swollen, it's going to be red, it's going to be painful, and actually the patient might also have a fever. Um, remember that the synovial fluid in somebody with septic arthritis will have a very high white blood cell count. And which joint is most commonly affected by septic arthritis? So this is going to be the knee. Um, the next type of arthritis is actually a group of them. These are the seronegative spondyloarthropathies. Um, it's a little tricky to say. Um, why are they called seronegative? So it's because they lack rheumatoid factor. And we're going to talk about rheumatoid factor and what that is in just a little bit. So they're also characterized by axial skeleton involvement and HLA-B27. Um, they share peripheral arthritis, um, dactylitis, which remembers sausage fingers, and uveitis, which is inflammation around the eye. Um, there's a mnemonic to help remember the four different seronegative spondyloarthropathies. Do you know what that mnemonic is? And then can you guys give me what the four different diseases are? So the mnemonic is PAIR, P-A-I-R, and the diseases are psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, inflammatory bowel disease, and reactive arthritis. So first, psoriatic arthritis. Um, what is that? So that's arthritis associated with skin psoriasis and nail lesions. We see a specific x-ray finding with psoriatic arthritis. Do you all know what that is? So it is the pencil in cup deformity of the DIP. Um, the next type of seronegative spondyloarthropathy is associated with spine fusion. Do y'all know what that one is? So this is ankylosing spondylitis. Um, the vertebral fusion is commonly caused bam commonly called bamboo spine. Um, and which population group is this typically associated with? So this is going to be young adult males. Um, also just important to note that um, aortitis is also sometimes seen in ankylosing spondylitis. It can lead to aortic regurgitation. Um, I know that's kind of a random fact, but it's important to know, as well as um, ankylosing spondylitis can restrict chest wall movement and lead to restrictive lung disease if it gets bad enough. So the next um, type of seronegative spondyloarthropathy are, um, are Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, um, the inflammatory bowel diseases. Just know that these can be associated with spondyloarthritis. 
So last one is reactive arthritis. There's a common triad for this. Do you all know what that triad is? So it's going to be a triad of conjunctivitis, urethritis, and arthritis. Um, the mnemonic for this is can't see, can't pee, can't climb a tree. Um, some people say can't bend my knee. It's whatever you prefer. Um, and then which population are we going to see this in? So we typically see it in young adult males, just like the um, enclosing spondylitis. Um, so interestingly, reactive arthritis can pop up after infections with certain organisms. Do y'all know what those organisms are? So it can pop up after an infection with Shigella, Campylobacter, E. coli, Salmonella, Chlamydia, uh, or Yersinia, which I think is a, just a very interesting little thing. Um, the next type of arthritis is autoimmune-mediated, um, and it's inflammation of the joint. Which type of arthritis is this? So this is going to be rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and in which population do we typically see rheumatoid arthritis in? So along with most other autoimmune diseases, we're going to see this in women of childbearing age, um, also in those that smoke cigarettes. So there's an HLA marker that is associated with rheumatoid arthritis. Do you all know what that is? So this is HLA-DR4, and I remember this because of the first aid mnemonic that there are four walls in a room, like rheumatoid arthritis, um, which other diseases are associated with HLA-DR4. So diabetes type 1 and Addison disease are both associated with HLA-DR4. Sorry to bring them up. I know you thought you were just getting joint here. Um Rheumatoid arthritis is characterized by the formation of a panis. What is a panis? So a panis is an inflamed granulation tissue that erodes articular cartilage and bone. Um, we also see rheumatoid factor in these patients. Can somebody tell me what rheumatoid factor is? So it's an... IgM antibody targeting the FC region of IgG. Um, there's actually a more specific marker for rheumatoid arthritis other than rheumatoid factor, which is kind of counterintuitive. But what is that other marker? So that is actually anti-CCP. Um, and remember that that comes up all the time on tests because they try to trick you into picking rheumatoid factor. Um, and so with rheumatoid arthritis, is it going to be worse at the beginning of the day or worse at the end of the day? So it's actually going to be worse at the beginning of the day, and it's going to be characterized by pain, swelling, and morning stiffness that's going to improve with use. I kind of remember this in my head um, as kind of when you're working out and you're moving your joints, you're just kind of squeezing out all of the inflammatory gunk, and so you feel better as the day goes on. Um, or is it going to be symmetrical or asymmetrical, the joint involvement? So this one is symmetrical. And are we going to get systemic symptoms in rheumatoid arthritis? So yes, we're going to see fever, weight loss, malaise, and myalgias. Um, we can also see um, extra articular manifestations of rheumatoid arthritis. 
Um, one of those is they're called rheumatoid nodules and they're small nodules on the skin and on visceral organs that have a central core of necrosis surrounded by epithelioid histiocytes. And to treat rheumatoid arthritis, what are we going to do? So we can use NSAIDs, glucocorticoids, DMARDs, such as methotrexate, sulfasalazine, and biologics. Um, and a few more notes on rheumatoid arthritis. One complication of it is anemia. So which type of anemia specifically are we going to see in rheumatoid arthritis? It's going to be anemia of chronic disease. Remember that RA is an inflammatory um, disease. And so we're going to, you know, get the cytokine release and, and therefore can potentially have um, anemia of chronic disease. We can also see secondary amyloidosis. Um, okay, the last type of arthritis is both the most common and caused by wear and tear over time. Which is this type? So if you said osteoarthritis, you are correct. This is also caused called degenerative joint disease. And in osteoarthritis or degenerative joint disease, the articular cartilage is just going to be worn down. Um, treating osteoarthritis, we can use activity modification, acetaminophen, and NSAIDs to treat it. And what are the joint findings that we're going to see in someone with osteoarthritis? So we're going to see joint narrowing. We're going to see joint mice, which are little pieces of cartilage broken off um, and floating in that joint fluid. Subchondral sclerosis, subchondral cysts, and osteophyte formation. And so osteophytes are bony outgrowths. And this creates Heberden nodes and Bouchard nodes. So which joints are we going to see these nodes in the Heberden and Bouchard? or two different ones. So Heberden nodes are the DIP, and I remember this by emphasizing the D in Heberden. Um, Bouchard nodes we're going to see at the PIP, and I remember this by swapping out the P in PIP for the B in Bouchard, and so it's like Bouchard. Um. The synovial fluid in OA, is that going to be inflammatory or non-inflammatory? So it's going to be non-inflammatory. Remember, this is just the mechanical wear and tear of the joint. And is it going to be worse at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day? So it's going to be worse after use at the end of the day. It's going to improve with rest. And this is different from what we see in rheumatoid arthritis. You know, just keep in mind that osteoarthritis, the more you use the joint, the more painful it's going to be. So that's why it's worse um, at the end of the day. Um, osteoarthritis, are we going to see systemic symptoms or not? So no, we're not. This is another way it differs from rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and is the involvement symmetrical or asymmetrical? So it is going to be asymmetrical. Just remember that we don't use our joints completely symmetrically. Um, risk factors for osteoarthritis. Can you all give me some of those? So age, the older you are, um, typically after 60 is an increased risk of developing osteoarthritis. Being female increases your risk. 
Um, the heavier you are, the more risk you have. Um, obesity is a risk factor as well as right, um, previous joint trauma. And lastly, which joints are we going to see osteoarthritis in? So we're going to see it in weight-bearing joints, the hips, the lower spine, knees, um, as well as remember the DIPs and PIPs. And I remember these two finger joints because they're the two joints that are at the end of the hand and osteoarthritis is going to occur at the end of life. I, I saw that little hack to remember it somehow. I did not make it up. I can't take credit for that. Um, okay, so let's just do a rapid fire question session. Um, I just have a few questions for you guys, but I do recommend listening to this episode again because I gave you a lot of questions. Um, in gout, which type of crystals are going to precip- precipitate? So these are those monosodium urate crystals. Now, what about in pseudogout? So remember, these are those calcium pyrophosphate crystals. Um, what are the most common causes of septic arthritis? So they are staph aureus, streptococcus, and Neisseria gonorrhea. So the HLA marker that's associated with the seronegative spondyloarthropathies, which one is that? So that's HLA B27. And what about the HLA marker in rheumatoid arthritis? So it's going to be HLA DR4. Lastly, what are some risk factors to developing osteoarthritis? It's going to be age, being female, obesity, and joint trauma. So that is all I have for y'all today. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe to our podcast. Um, If you have any questions or comments or concerns, visit our website at spoonfulofsugar.org and you can post them under the link for this episode. Best of luck with your studying and don't forget to check out all of our other podcast episodes that we've done. All right. Thanks guys.